Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guests' big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built vacation rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now, it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we're here today for the very last first of the month of 2022. Wow. It's unbelievable that we're already in December, Annie. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I don't even know what to say. And I think that, um, you know, just we've been reminiscing over the last year of the podcast and what we've accomplished. And and I don't think that we would could have foreseen all of the changes that kind of came up for both of us. And um, we just have been joking about the fact that we both recently took new jobs. uh, And at the same time, literally a day apart started the day apart. And and had we been able to plan that we probably would not have um, both chosen to change jobs at exactly the right, the same moment, uh, kind of messed up our calendars, but yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it sounded like a better idea. Not idea. We didn't plan it, but <laughs> it idea. sounded like it, it would be uh, kind of more, more funny than it's been. And it's been wonderful, but at the same time, yeah, trying to, you know, we're both learning a lot of new things and trying to sync new calendars. We need a master of calendars. We figured that out. We uh, yeah. may be looking for a virtual assistant here very soon. <laughs> That's definitely been a challenge, but uh, we appreciate everybody who's come on the show recently that has also worked with us on scheduling as we've been trying yeah. to figure out our the new normal. I mean, I, I, this is for me, I've never worked from home before. And anybody oh, that's right. our recent episodes, you probably see if you're watching on YouTube, you can see right here. I've got Tito <laughs> in the office with me and normally Beamer's up here running around too. So between managing the dogs, I have a completely new respect for people who have worked from home during COVID and post COVID with kids and dogs and all the distractions. And not that they're distracting to me, but just when you're on a call and they start barking or today we were recording with Francois and Tito started yeah. going crazy on his rabbit toy. <laughs> it's just kind of wild, but you never know. But well, it's, it's funny because I, I often like Kylo will bark and I can't mute it out, but like it's every once in a while on one of our episodes. I can hear. Oh yeah, you can hear him bark because there's no way to be able to get him out of it. So yeah. I think it just becomes part of um, part of the charm of Alex and Annie. And now we just have we have dogs on both sides, so we've got yeah. like just yeah. you know a great great group of little mascots. That's if fun. only they so could we, handle our calendars, would be really this great. Is very true. <laughs> Kylo did help me last night with some spreadsheets, but unfortunately, he's all paws, and so he, like his number and data entry was not as clean as I would have liked it. But yeah. we'll work on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is. This is the holiday first of the month bonus episode. Also, we just had Thanksgiving, yeah. which was wonderful, and now heading into Christmas. And we on this first of the month episode, of course, this is Simon says as as per usual, and Simon is going to be coming on here 
in just a minute. If you're not watching on YouTube, we do. Annie has antlers on right now and I've got my llama hat. So we are <laughs> trying, trying to uh, play into the season a little bit, but we just wanted to first kind of recap where, where we've been. Uh, it's been uh, like Annie said, just an unbelievable month of a lot of change and positive energy and exciting things. And I just got back from Scottsdale. Actually, I was out there at Costco headquarters for a week with their yeah. team and it was just, it was everything I had imagined and more and just a great first week being on site with the team. And next month, I'll actually be able to report on how my experience was going to Casago University. Then oh, nice. I actually, I leave for that in about a week and I'll be down in Rocky Point, Mexico for two full weeks learning Casago's so uh, principles and standards and how they run the business and just learning exactly like how a franchisee would learn. So really excited to go through that process and just learn more about the brand and see the Mexico team. They're actually going to have their Christmas party while I'm down there. So I'll get to go to the the Mexican Christmas party, which that's just a dream come true. (laughs) Anybody who knows me knows I love Mexico and to actually work for a company that has a base there. And and I get to go to their Christmas party is just too, too awesome, but super exciting. But how has, how have things been with Marriott? I know you've been super busy since you started also. Yeah. So um, I I had forgotten what it was like to be like a part of a very large organization um, with a lot of structure. Um, So that's been, that's been a little challenging for me to kind of wrap my head around getting a little more structured with my calendar and my day and a lot of meetings and, um, and it's not as easy to say no to a meeting, you know, when you've got all these requests, but (laughs) it's been, it's been really amazing. And I think that, um, one of the things I, I had a reminiscent conversation with Amber Hurdle the other day, and she reminded me of our dinner that we had with her last year at the women's conference yeah. and how at dinner we were talking about what we were both doing in our lives. And I had commented to her that I was concerned that because I didn't have like a really honed in specialty that I had this really broad breadth of experience, but nothing that I could really like hang my hat on is like, I'm an expert in this area. And I said, I was really concerned about maybe, you know, I wasn't going to be able to like reach a level of of success that maybe I I defined as success. And she said, um, she goes, you know, you fast forward to right now. And she said, in this job that you're in at Marriott, like it's absolutely the perfect job for you. And it's all of your skill sets kind of wrapped into this like really great description. And she said, but it, it really takes you recognizing all the gifts and all the learnings and all the talents that you have before other people and like accepting them before other people will recognize them. And so again, it's just like for both of us, you know, we, we pushed ourselves, you pushed me a lot. I pushed you, the the universe pushed us and we just found these really great opportunities that are going to take us both to the next level and really take our skill set kind of push it to the limits of what we're capable of and, and teach us more. And I, I couldn't be more excited of, uh, you know, about everything that we have going on and kind of where the future is. And um, the team is amazing. The support is amazing. I, I kind of pinch myself because it just seems like some days too, you know, almost too good to be true, but yeah, so far yeah. it's been, it's been a dream come true really. Yeah. It's, it's always hard making a change, but I think then once you do, you realize that, like you said, everything happens for a reason. And and I I remember, I remember that conversation with Amber and I remember you said, and you've said it on some of our episodes actually, that you felt like you were like, uh, I might be using the wrong term, but the pound puppy or like, yeah, what what, what was, what was the term? I I I said that I said that I was a pound puppy because I didn't have a pedigree. I, I, there was nothing that I could say like, 
this is my skill set. It right, was like, right, right. yeah. And so I felt like know I was so many kind of things. this, I, I was kind of this mutt, like you couldn't figure out like, was I, you know, was I a Boston Terrier? Was I a schnauzer? Was it, you know? you, every time you said that, I always thought like, I want to tell her afterwards, like that is actually a huge benefit to what you bring to the table for any company. Because really, when you look at a leader in a business, whether you're the CEO or you're a, a VP or you're leading a group of teams, you don't have to know, you actually don't, it's not good for you to be a specialist just in one thing. Like it's better for you to be very well-versed in a lot of different things and, or moderately well-versed in a lot of different things, because you have to have the strategy and the mindset to know what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And I think if you get too in the weeds of being a specialist, then that eliminates your ability to be, to be a leader and to be able to see the forest through the trees, you know, and that's, that's one thing uh, I, I would say, I feel like I'm it, by that definition, I'm a pound puppy too. <laughs> There's, I know I know a, a lot about all aspects of marketing, but yeah. I also know that I've worked with some really great teams, and I defer to their judgment on on a lot of things too. And you have to be able to have that um, that that mindset and that hindsight is you just have to be very well versed in a lot. So it's good perspective. And thank you to Amber Hurdle, obviously, for being such a great friend and supporter of us of the show, but let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's move into, we haven't done this in a while, but we wanted to make sure we gave a shout out. Um, Matt Durrett from cozy vacation rentals left, left us a review and, oh, uh, it. we, we just, we love Matt. We love Emily and their team and they're just their doing amazing, team, yeah. amazing things down in Texas. And I, I said to somebody the other day, I feel like I had never heard of, of that area of Texas. I think it's Fre- Fredericksburg or Texas Hills. The hill, the hill country, yeah. the hill country. I had never heard yeah. of, heard of it until probably when we first met Matt. But now I feel like I hear about it all the time. That is yeah. just the destination. My boss to is go. actually <laughs> he, he just vacationed there for Thanksgiving, like with yeah. his family. I guess he's from that area of Texas that I went there, and I asked him about it because it's like it's a big wine country now. Wine and country, I was like, well, I was say we need to be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to check it out. <laughs> Any yeah. place with wine is where we. Yeah, can yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're. I think we're going to have a Costco location there soon, so we'll see. But with, if we okay. do, then you and I should. Go down and check it out. There we go. But, yeah. but Matt, Matt said, he said, five-star review, a must-listen for vacational professionals. Great podcast with great discussions with experts and gurus across the vacation rental industry. Highly recommend not only experts in the space, but anyone wanting to learn more about the industry. So thank you, Matt Durrett. We truly appreciate you. And we, we actually got the opportunity to interview him at the VRMA Executive Summit yeah. back in June. And that's kind of when we met him and just had such a great time what learning a nice him guy. and what they've implemented at the company. So appreciate that. Very yeah. Much. Yeah. He, he's definitely, his team is, they're, they're a good apples. They're, they're big, big group definitely. of good apples. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So there's been a few other newsworthy things that we just wanted to touch on. Uh, yeah. Start. Yeah. So, I mean, the one that <laughs> affected me, I guess, or, you know, hit me close to home was um, Red Awning bought Lexicon. So um, that's a really interesting play to me. And I, I think, um, you know, that's that's great, a great um, opportunity for Red Awning because Lexicon, I mean, obviously that's near and dear to me. And we spent a lot of time building up a really great reputation and a really good client base and, and, and worked with a lot of really wonderful people. So I wish the Red Awning team and, and the team at Lexicon that went over to Red Awning, I wish them all the best. And, and I know that that's a game changer, um, you know, for a lot of people, it's going to, it's going to make a big difference in you know, their ability to, to distribute their properties. Lexicon was not able to be as agile as I had always wanted us to be. So while it's sad to see them wind down, it is good to see them go to an organization where they can expand and the team can kind of spread their wings and learn more about more distribution and more channels. And 
more um, kind of depth of account management. So that that's that's exciting. And so we'll be watching that closely, kind of see where it goes. And um, yeah. again, wish them luck. Yeah, absolutely. And same echo that too. And, you know, we've talked about all year long, our predictions and asked other people, their predictions for where technology in the space was going to go. And, and a lot of that was that there would be consolidation within the channel management space. So uh, it makes sense. And yeah. like you, I just, I hope the best for everybody involved and I'm sure it'll work out great. So that's one big thing. Another big thing uh, we have track bought rented and Andrew McConnell going over to work um, for yeah. track and and they're going to be obviously integrating that system within their enterprise award-winning PMS, which is super exciting. And yeah. I, I can't wait to see what, what they do with that. So we, you know, we absolutely uh, just have, have followed track for a long time and, you know, know Ryan very well and just believe in what, what they've done and they've been wonderful supporters of the show. So we very much appreciate them. And Andrew McConnell, we actually had him on for an episode just a, probably about a month or so ago, yeah. he actually was talking more about his his book, uh, Get Out of Your Head, but also related that to his experience in running Rented over the years, which that was a great episode. He's, he's an inspiring, inspiring individual, and I, I think he'll do great things with them. Yeah, it, it was, it was, I have to say, if you had given me like, you know, kind of like a like place a bet, that was not one I, I had seen coming. I would have thought some like another pricing system or something along, but I think it's a really great compliment again to what uh, Ryan and his team have built up at track. And I think that um, having worked um, for Michelle Marquis before and knowing her brain and how it works um, kind of in the revenue space, they've thought this through, they know what they're going to be doing with it. And so I think 2023 is going to present a whole bunch of changes um, for the better for the industry through track and probably services and offerings that they're going to have. And so again, excited to be, um, you know, we there's a supporter of the show. We're going to have Ryan on after the first of the year um, yeah. and really get to dig in more. And hopefully he'll share some more things with us that haven't been shared, maybe some more details about what they're going to do with Frenton. But um, 2023, yeah. it looks like it's going to start out bright for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And they also just got that big investment from uh, the was it Blue Star or what's Blue what's Star? The, yeah, Jerry yeah, Jones Blue Investment yeah. Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's interesting. Well, and actually, um, dovetailing off of that, uh, Steve Milo and his group, they were down in Texas. I think they were doing some wrap up with some of the home runners um, that we uh, were part of in Vegas. Um, but they started a, a advocacy chapter down there and they did an event and did a fundraiser down there. And he, I reached out to him the other day to just kind of see how things were going. And he told me they raised a hundred thousand dollars. And if you talk about a man who has become a machine for advocacy in our yeah. industry, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he may not be tall, but he'd be mighty. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's really, he is really just killing tiny it. But mighty. Industry. <laughs> tiny but mighty. But he, yeah, he's, um, I just I love what he's doing for advocacy and the passion that he has behind it. But again, I a hundred thousand dollars at one event. That's that's just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely Steve has made a huge impact on the industry as far as advocacy is concerned. And we appreciate what he's done for I think he had the foresight and saw things happening years ago in Florida that he he knew this was going to end up happening and be and be issues in other destinations and yeah, you know, having locations across the United States and mostly Southeast, he, it made sense that he made this a core goal to make sure that, you know, there's, there's legislation and there's support to make sure that these companies can stay in business and that we are not Airbnb. We are not held to rules and legislation that do not uh, cater to 
the good business that we're all being stewards of. So yeah. very, very exciting. But now up next, we have Simon Lehman. He is on the line and we have a very special guest. So we have Rosemary, who is coming to speak with us on accessibility. So that's a big topic in the industry about making vacation rentals accessible. Hotels, obviously under um, regulations where they have to have accessibility and vacation rentals are not under that. So um, Rosemary, it sounds like she's a, a friend of Simon's. They're doing some work together and um, Simon's eyes from what he told us, they were opened uh, by this conversation that he had had with her. And he suggested that we kind of start the conversation from the podcast and maybe let it open up more doors of further conversation within the industry. And um, we're excited to have her. So yeah, great. happy to hear what she has to say. Great, great conversation and something that we should all be talking about and thinking about when we talk with homeowners on different suggestions for a lot of money's being put back into units right now and properties, which is great to see. Everybody's had a really good rental year. If your homeowners want something that's going to set them apart from the rest of your inventory and the inventory they compete against, having being able to check off those accessibility boxes uh, on, on websites and be able to advertise that is huge. And there's an enormous amount of people that search for accessible vacation rentals and just accommodations in general and really have a hard time with that. So we very much support her efforts and it's going to be a pleasure to introduce her in just a minute. So, all right, let's get Simon and Rosemary. Welcome back to Simon Says. We are back and we've got Simon Lehman here with us of AJL Atelier. Simon, welcome. Hi there, Alex and Annie. It's great to be here uh, again, once again, on the 1st of December uh, edition. And I'm I'm sending uh, my my uh, insights from uh, Barcelona today, which is awesome. I'm spending some time with my team in Barcelona, which is was well overdue. Yeah, well, great. We're so glad. We're so glad to have you. As always, the first of the month, and you, this this time we mixed it up a little bit, and you invited a special guest. So why don't we let you do the introduction? Absolutely, more than happy to. Um, so first of all, we have so many different areas to cover within the vacation rental industry uh, to professionalize our industry, and we have a lot of topics to address: regulatory issues. Uh, we have to address health and safety issues. We need to get better with uh, guest experiences and, and deliver according to the, the new guests we're now accommodating in vacation rental. Uh, so a lot of things have changed recently. And and and, and also in, in regards to sustainability, uh, a lot of topics are being raised around that as well. What can we do as a vacation rental industry to, ad- to a- address um, sustainability and help reduce uh, carbon footprints uh, to homeowners, et cetera? But there's an, another issue that is also very much to our heart, and that's called accessibility. So the issue is, you know, people with disability want also use uh, the fantastic product of vacation rental, but it's very limited in relation to accessibility of the properties, actually finding the properties online uh, through OTAs and others, which, which properties are accessible. Are there filters that you can filter by? To, to find properties. And, and we have a thought leader with us today. And, and I decided that for this, uh, this, this edition, in this December edition, to have Rosemary present, uh, who is a great advocate to the, to the topic of accessibility. And we have met her 
um, a couple of weeks ago here in Barcelona, and we had a we had calls together and, and really shared a lot of common interest and understanding to the topic of accessibility for people with disabilities and what can we do uh, in the vacation rental industry to 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 get that improved. And for that, I decided to uh, invite Rosemary to Simon Says. And please, Rosemary, why don't you just introduce yourself as well? Well, thank you, Simon, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm speaking to you from my home in Columbus, Ohio. I'm seated in my wheelchair. My specialty is universal design and accessible design. I help people in the built environment, be it a workplace or a vacation rental or a residence to help them. I live in a national demonstration home, the Universal Design Living Laboratory, that my husband and I led a design team and built and have lived here now for 10 years. So my expertise is firsthand, looking at the accessibility of the built environment. That's, that's great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rosemary. We are very just honored to have you. And I think it's such an important topic that is it really hasn't been discussed enough in our industry or really just even travel in general. Um, it is very hard in a lot of the places that, that we go that uh, it are just are not accessible in the way that they need to be. So I think this is great that hopefully we're being able to shed a little bit of light on this and, and hopefully help guide people. But I know in businesses that I've been part of, uh, whenever we would tell homeowners that they needed to make um, remodels on their properties, we would suggest if you're going to have to do that, that you look at making them accessible at that same time, because that also opens up a whole new category of guests um, that really makes your unit stand out too. So beyond being able to help people, it's actually a really great thing for homeowners. Absolutely. And, you know, let us get this, this conversation kicked off. You know, I think one of the biggest challenges that we have as a, as a vacation rental industry that primarily we're dealing with second homeowners, right? Um, but I would like to start the topic with institutional owners. And, and I, I totally agree with you, Alex, uh, to say, okay, what does that mean for institutional purpose built vacation rentals? Because that's where it can already uh, get improved when purpose built uh, properties are out there to say, hey, they also need to be accessible um in, for for permit reasons for for like providing permits etc that you can already start i use the word regulation which is uh, not a great word in our industry right now but i think that's that's one of the angles to sort of improve the situation but i think one thing i'd i'd love to de- debate before we go further is would love to ask uh, rosemary how you see the current environment when we just look at from your lens onto the vacation rental industry and, and how do you view us to that topic? Mm-hmm. Well, how I view it and how people with disabilities view it may be different. This is my own personal experience. As I look for a place to rent for a vacation and I go to a website and I need some special accommodations due to the wheelchair. So if I go to certain websites, there might be some filters there. But then other websites have no filters there. And, mm-hmm. and it's very very cumbersome for me to pick a city and to say, this is where I'm going. And I would like to have a vacation rental with a pathway that's going to allow me to roll with a place for me to park, for my van to get out of the van, for doors that are wide enough and no steps to get in, 
the threshold being very low, so I don't have to do a wheelie to come in, <laughs> and that it's all on one floor, preferably, or there's an elevator if if the bedrooms and bathrooms are all upstairs. And for me, I have difficulty transferring into a bathtub to take a bath or a shower. So I prefer the curbless or roll-in showers. Mm -hmm. So I'm not asking for a lot. I'm just asking for the ability <laughs> to park my van, get out of my van, have a pathway that's level and, and sturdy enough to get me to the front door or the side door, or the back door, to be able to roll in and to maneuver through that living space, be it the living room and the kitchen. And hopefully there's a bedroom on that first floor and a nice bathroom with a roll-in shower. Is that too much to ask? Now, how do I find these properties? <laughs> right. So do we have any statistics or do you have any statistics of how many actual um properties there are existing and i'll just say within the u.s like that that would be considered fully accommodable for you know for a wheelchair i mean i think i worked in i work in a market similar to alex's in in panama city beach and i was here when um, working with a lot of developers as they built buildings and you know we would always go through like is there the accessible path to the building can they get through the doorways like all of those things but one thing that never came up in the conversations was the mandatory build out of a unit that was accommodable it was it was getting to the building was fine but then it was when you get in the building each individual owner gets to decide obviously what that is and so it kind of seemed counterintuitive to make all these accommodations to get someone to the building but not actually have a unit that they could stay in so i'm guessing at some point you've done some research and could give us some stats on on what is actually existing out there that research does not exist it's oh, <laughs> yeah for, for the same reason, There's it's hard to book. Component. <laughs> right. To identify the problem and, and to find some organization to do research, not only in the U.S., but all over the world to find out. And how do you define an accessible unit? Right. You know, does it have to have 13 features? Does it have to have 31 features? Um, each person with a disability is going to come with their own set of requirements. Uh, those who are visually um, handicapped in terms of blind or low vision, those who have some allergies or reactions to scents, such as soaps and potpourri and candles in the area, mm -hmm. and those who have hearing loss or those who have a cognitive disability. There's all types of disabilities, and the world is getting larger in terms of the population our older adults are getting older. There's 10,000 older adults that are turning into 65 years old every single day. <laughs> and these older adults are coming with some limitations and being able to climb steps and be able to get into a bathtub or out of a bathtub. They prefer showers. So it's not just people with disabilities. Looking at the older adults and the multiple generations that are coming together for a big family vacation. Mm -hmm. They wanna bring everyone, the person who is a senior, older adult, the person who has a temporary disability, be it a child or an adult. I think you're raising an incredible important uh, aspect here. And we started this conversation of, you know, in terms of accessibility and then when, when you said, you know, is that is that too much to ask for, you know, maybe for an individual homeowner, yes, it is. But but I think you, you, you're, you know, that's something 
that I want to talk uh, quickly about later, also benchmarking and other hospitality verticals, uh, et cetera, as well. And, and really, what is the what is the need out there and and and, and the opportunities? Uh, as we know, we obviously we we want uh, equal treatment and everything else, but at the end of the day, it's also commercial uh, decision for many people um, <clears throat> to make such uh, uh, changes, et cetera. But I think you you're addressing the other points. I think that's very very uh, valuable and, and also not necessarily disabilities, you know, temporary disabilities, but yeah, a blind person, somebody who needs a, a dog. Um, uh, we discussed that in, in, in our call together, Rosemary, which was an, an eye-opener for me as well. Uh, maybe you want to, you know, share something like like that with us because there's obviously a lot of uh, homes that are uh, dogs are not allowed. But in that particular case, because the person actually is, it's not a, 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 a pet friend it's actually a work friend yeah uh, why don't you allude on that a little bit rosemary i, I find that very interesting as well well in the united states we have the americans with disabilities act that was passed in 1990 as part of that vacation rental homeowners must abide by the ada because of the situation of their renting to the public and one of those accommodations is for the service animal, and typically it's a dog. So by law, they must allow a person with a disability who needs the service animal to support them in some way due to their disability. Um, they don't have to have a license. There is no such thing as a licensed service dog. It could be a therapy dog. It could be a dog that picks things up for them. It could be a dog that alerts them when their blood sugar is low for diabetes or about to have a seizure for epilepsy. So in no way should any homeowner be able to say, you cannot bring a service dog in or say, I'm going to charge you more if you bring a service dog in. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, if the service dog does cause damage after the fact, that homeowner is liable for any damages. But on the front end, they should be totally welcomed. And having um, the ability then a space for that service dog as a relief station and possibly a small area for a little bed or a big bed if it's a big dog so mm -hmm. that the dog mm -hmm. has a place to lay down and rest and maybe some um, dishwasher safe water bowl and a, and a food bowl for the person. But the, the owners will be bringing things with them. They'll bring food and oftentimes they bring their own food and water bowls with them. So having a couple of plastic bags for <laughs> taking care of the yard waste and a place for the service animal be it outside or do you have a inside relief station that might be uh, something different in terms of uh, puppy pads. There's all kinds of things out there. Yeah. I find that extremely interesting. And for me, this was a massive eye opener. And I think most of the audience who listen to us, they probably aren't aware of this fact that, that, that actually you need to uh, accept uh, these service dogs uh, in the property as well. And I think that's something that I felt, hey, you know, this is fundamental, actually, and 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 um, and totally underestimated. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I, I'm curious, um, just for 
I guess for our understanding. So if a, if a person again listening says, okay, yeah, I I want to like retrofit my home. I want to do the things. Are there things that someone can do to an existing property that won't be structural in nature and cost them, you know, a lot of money. Again, I think to your point, if somebody has a home that is one floor, it's a lot easier than somebody who has a, you know, multi-level house, because if you didn't build an elevator in it, then that's that you, it's really hard to go back and kind of add an elevator. Although, uh, you know, in the beach markets, we have people that have the exterior elevators. Um, not that you want to go outside in the middle of the night to go upstairs, but do you have a list or a, a resource for people if they wanted to go in and make some modifications to their home to make themselves more accessible? Yes, I do. I have uh, the Universal Design Toolkit is my book. Um, you can go to universaldesigntoolkit.com and get it as a, a PDF or go to Amazon. And I also have a free chapter and you can get that at my website, udll.com. And that's a list of the universal design features in my home, room by room. And then you can take a virtual tour of our home on the udll.com website to actually see these features. Now, granted, this is a luxury custom home that was designed with the intent of universal design, which is way beyond the Americans with Disabilities Act. We're looking at the design of products and the design of the space that's usable by all people to the greatest extent possible without specialized design. So that's one conversation is looking at it from a new build component. Now let's look at it from an aspect of a home that is existing. What are some low cost, but high impact investments? $50, for example, what can you get for $50 that would impact the ability of someone getting into the room because of the door being wider now. So as you're looking at the width of that doorway, is it at least 32 inches with the door open so that someone can have the clearance for their walker or their wheelchair to get into the exterior doors and the interior? If it is less than that, that $50 investment is from either going online and buying it or going to your hardware store and get some swing away hinges. These are hinges that will replace the door hinges on your existing door that can give you from two to five more inches of clearance. Oh, wow. Because that door now swings to the side closer to the other wall, giving mm. you that space to get into the um, home the apartment, the condo, the bathroom, the bedroom. So that would be my first suggestion is the swing away or clear view, whatever you're looking at, you can search online and get those delivered very quickly. Oh, that's great. I, I love that. We'll, we'll definitely include um, a link yeah. as well within the show notes. So if anybody wants to read more um, about her suggestions. Go ahead, Diamond. Um, one, one thing I want to address in terms of demand, right? Um, also to to get people more educated on 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 the demand uh, in relation to that, and also like, would you think that actually the the property man or the vacation rental product as such is already in in such a demand um, that that it's 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 attractive for property managers to to talk to owners because as I said earlier, um, in in, in at, at large. 
uh, at large, property managers do not own these properties. They're individually owned by individual homeowners. Uh, they manage them on their behalf as property managers. But, you know, uh, we already struggle to have conversations with the homeowner to change his couch or paint his wall every now and then or mm -hmm. upgrade the kitchen. Um, but where would you see the, the demand uh, for this type of product when you compare it to the classical hospitality world, which potentially or is more regulated than what the vacation rental is when, when it comes to topics like people with disability or, uh, and, and accessibility? Well, you're looking at this population that's aging, that's one, as the older adults, as well as people with disabilities. You know, there's a billion people in the world currently with disabilities. And looking at the U.S., we've got 26% of the population have a disability. And then looking at that older adult population, those baby boomers and older, I mean, people are living longer now. They're living into yep. their late 70s. That's a fact. Um, and so they're looking for extending their pleasure and having that opportunity to be with all their family when they do go on vacation. There are many, many multi-generation households that are just taking off for the holidays, for vacations together. Um, so talk to other vacation rental owners and find out from those who do have the accessibility features you know, get some case studies, get some partners involved with sharing the business sense of what that investment did for them to open up a world of difference in the way it's rented and the repeat business. That's another aspect. Yeah. Yeah. If a yeah. family's been there once and had a wonderful experience because yeah. it's so accessible and everybody was accommodated, they're going to come back the next They're year. Going to come back. That's a, that's a great yeah. point. Yeah. Really? Very, yeah. Very I, well said. I worked with a so, uh, group a, a few years back that did, um, it's a company called Villa Key and they're based in Orlando. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Um, the lady is uh, Alice Horn and her husband, Max Prince, it's Max, that's their son. Prince, Princeata is the husband's name, but um, they uh, found a need for people to come into Orlando that had kids or family members with autism and like just from the whole spectrum and it, and, and it ranged, you know, from, from mild to very severe. And they went through an exhaustive kind of uh, development of a program where people could retrofit their homes and make their homes more friendly. And it was, some of it was very simple things as a matter of like, you know, paint colors or colors, you know, the housewares that they had, the, the textures that were in units, but they went very deep into it and actually added on some things, I think with general disabilities and stuff. And so I, I really, applauded them and I and it really spoke to me because I worked with a lot of um, children growing up that were in the Special Olympics so again very wide spectrum of disabilities but um, I don't know of anybody else out there that's focused on it from a rental perspective and I don't know like are there a few that maybe you could give us that we could list out I mean we'd certainly want to highlight anybody in the industry that is focused on providing accommodations um, for this segment and help get the word out there. Well, let's take a look at another industry, and that would be the cruise industry. Mm -hmm. Take a look at Royal Caribbean and what they've done. They have done an extensive research and extensive programming for the autism spectrum for the families so that there are cruises specifically set up for that population. I just returned from a major cruise on a Royal Caribbean's newest ship, the Wonder of the Seas. This is the biggest ship 
in the world, holds 7,000 passengers, 2,000 crew with 18 decks. And I was just applauding Royal Caribbean for what they have done for accessibility, not only in my stateroom, but in the dining rooms and the public restrooms and the elevators and the casinos and the swimming pools and the theaters. I mean, Royal Caribbean has really taken a leading step with its newest ship to say, we are the accessible cruise industry. It was a wonderful experience for me. And I was with a group of other people with disabilities who felt the same way. So looking at other industries and what they're doing, I think would be a, I mean, did, a, a nod to the vacation rental industry. Yeah. 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 Even from a destination. Is, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to mention from a destination standpoint, um, Myrtle Beach is actually the only autism friendly destination that has received that um, designation from CAN, the um, Champion Autism Network, which I don't know if other destinations are looking into doing that as well, but there are certain things that they have to, we had to do to qualify. And a lot of that came from um, at the airport, you know, sit in attractions and different um, things where you have to have quiet rooms and, and ability for, you know, to be able to get away from big crowds. But that's, that's a, that's a big thing. And, and what we found was that uh, families that had an autistic child, in most cases, they just, a lot of them just don't travel at all. And that's really sad to not be able to have any vacation because they just can't find places that are, are going to be able to be suitable for them. So I, I want to go back to the example that Rosemary has mentioned, the cruise. I think that's a wonderful example, but obviously a, a, a more uh, seldom one uh, to be realized as well. Um, when you look at the, the high fragmentation of the vacation rental industry, and I, I would like to sort of, go back to some other examples in the hospitality industry and what are the challenges in, in, in relation to our topic today when we talk about hotels. Can you share some of your experiences as well? How is it handled? Um, you know, probably some better, some less, but I would love to loan it, uh, know a little bit more um, to sort of benchmark what the hotel industry is doing about it. Well, one is the ability to reserve a hotel that you know will have the accessible features. So wouldn't it make sense that the accessibility filters be the first thing that I'm looking for rather than, okay, here's the city I'm going to, and I need a king-size bed. And then at the end of the reservation, mm -hmm. it will finally say, okay, we do have a wheelchair-accessible room with a roll-in shower. I want to know that right away, not going through the entire search. And then at the end, finding out, okay, then I might be able to find a wheelchair accessible room on that date with a rolling shower and a king size bed. I want to search on the front end. And so that's my consideration. I want to see the room. I want to see photographs of the room. I want to see where the bed is located. I want to see where the... Um, sink has knee space under it. I want to verify that they're grab bars by the toilet and by the shower. I want to see there's a handheld shower. So seeing for me is much better as a, uh, a selling point. And then I go, wow, that room looks great. Let's go ahead and book it. Um, the bed height is a consideration. So you already and, and had a lot of discussion about bed heights. <laughs> see, the Americans with Disabilities Act has yet 
to come down on any recommendations and rules in terms of our Department of Justice saying how high should a bed be from the floor to the top of the mattress if the room is accessible. And here are the guidance for that. <laughs> guidance, 20 to 23 inches from the floor to the top of the mattress. That's my guidance because most people are in wheelchairs with a cushion on it at around 19 or 20 inches high. They need to be able to get into bed and slide in easily and slide out easily. So looking at the bed height and also maybe looking at underneath the bed, having about seven inches. Now that's a great place to store luggage and it's a great place for someone who is bringing their portable lift, uh, a lift system to get someone from a wheelchair into bed, they need to slide the legs of that lift under the bed in order to fully appreciate the transfer. So those are my considerations at hotels. When you have spoken to OTAs already, you have been in conversations with some of the OTAs out there addressing the topic of filters and, and are you like, are the property providers, no, no matter if it's vacation rental or hotels or whatever, able to provide uh, these features in, 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 the, in the amenities. Uh, what is the reaction of the OTAs in, in making these filters happening? Also companies like Airbnb who say, okay, we can, you can actually filter properties. Um, what are the OTAs doing here? Well, Airbnb just announced a few weeks ago their new adapted um, identifier on their website. And I went to look at it and it is there. It is front and center on the home page, and it has its own tab up at the top. It says adapted. And so at this time, they have about a thousand that they have put there in terms of properties all around the world. And what they're looking at is the ability to have a path of travel into the vacation rental and having the door appropriately uh, wide enough to be able to get into at least one bedroom and a bathroom and at least one accessibility feature in mm -hmm. one of the bathrooms mm -hmm. or bedrooms. And that's mm -hmm. where they're falling short. One yeah. feature? Come on, give me a break. I need yeah. more than one feature. Right. Yeah. So adapted go. does not mean accessible, but they have 13 filters there. So a person can go on from the searchable database at Airbnb and start clicking the filters they want and maybe find some things. But I'm glad Airbnb is leading the pack now with something anyway, mm -hmm. and they're putting uh, more photos um, out there for these properties. Yeah, it's an important thing. I know Airbnb just also added uh, the ability to search by EV car charger. So <laughs> if they're going to do things like that, we certainly need to make sure that we're taking care of accessible features as well. And I think that's just a great recommendation for anybody listening on your own websites if you have um, the ability, or if not, check with your property management system to be able to access that amenity or build it out so that it does display yeah. on your site. So, yeah. well, thank you so much, Rosemary, for joining us today. And Simon, thank you for the great idea of bringing her on. This was an enlightening conversation, and I'm sure our audience got a lot from it. Um, Rosemary, if anybody wants to contact you, what's the best way to get in touch? It's real simple. It's Rosemary, R-O-S-E-M-A-R-I-E, at rosemariespeaks.com. Rosemary at rosemariespeaks.com. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you, Rosemary. This is this is wonderful. And and it, again, I know we have a long way to go as an industry, but I think that it's a very important conversation to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I work for a, an online channel, uh, Marriott Homes and Villas, and it will certainly be something I will ask our team about to make sure that we're you know, asking the questions from these property managers, you know, do you have these, these units available? We certainly would like to highlight them and showcase them on our channel. And I hope other channels do the same. Thank you very much, ladies. I really appreciate it that you uh, gave us room to address another topic that we should be definitely aware. Uh, I think he was pretty clear understood that we're, we're only at the beginning, but uh, there's a few very, um strong arguments that rosemary brought to the conversation such as our aging population mm-hmm. and uh and 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 all obviously uh, in addition to people with disabilities and, and special needs and, and and i think that's definitely something we as an industry have to put on our agenda and 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 make the industry and homeowners more aware yeah absolutely Well, happy holidays to everyone. We hope that you have a wonderful December and we will talk to you next time on our first of the month bonus series with Simon. Um, Annie, anything else? No, just happy holidays. And again, Rosemary, thank you so much for sharing your perspective and we will make sure to include everything in the show notes so people can reach out to you and find more information. Well, thank you for the opportunity for my voice to be heard. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you next time.